podcast is sponsored by tenofthose.com. Tenofthose.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. The more you buy, the cheaper they get. If you've ever said to a friend, I'm praying, then check out Nancy Guthrie's brilliant new book, I'm Praying For You. The book will help you to pray through the issues others are facing in a biblical way. Check it out at tenofthose.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Felicity and I'm in America and this is my sister Sarah and she's in the UK. Hey everyone, what's in your mug today Felicity? Just gone for a straightforward Yorkshire tea actually. It is teapot brewed because mm. I've got other people in the house needing a cup of tea but pretty straightforward. I, I feel like my biscuit choice is, is actually unconventional because it's not a biscuit. I, I was upstairs oh. making my cup of tea and I was thinking, well, I've got this Victoria sponge jam cake on the side waiting for later on today. I thought, well, it does go well with a cup of tea. So mm. I went for cake over biscuit. I don't know whether we're restricted to biscuits or whether we can you know, bring in a wider range of snacks. I think there's scope, but uh, a couple of questions there. Did you, did you cut into the cake for the sake of recording our episode today? Yes. And second question, do Americans call cake sponges? Uh, that is an interesting question because I don't know whether I've ever had a conversation about a Victoria <laughs> sponge cake with an American. But I should I think probably you should. start. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking that they might think I've got a bathroom sponge on my I plate. Th- I think it's a bit weird that we call a cake a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think the Bake Off phenomenon might have... Uh, wiped out any cultural difference on that front mary berry may have just forged the way i would hope so but you know i think it's still worth clarifying when you offer people some sponge what you're, <laughs> what you're actually offering well i've gone um i've gone on a i've gone to a tea that um you had a few weeks ago my friend dropped a tea bag round a bit sad that i hadn't kept one of the jam and toast teas ah. uh, when I sent it to you so I've got it here and um I'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm not convinced by the smell and I bought the milk in the milk jug because I wasn't sure what to do with that and I've also got my backup you got a backup I'm pretty sure you gave me a hard time for having a backup and now you yeah, have sorry. <laughs> I actually had a second go at that toast and jam tea with a friend quite recently and I've got to yeah. say I enjoyed it more than I did the first time and I did add milk and it was good. I mean, the, well, the smell is the smell is accurate. I think. I think it does smell like toast and jam, and <laughs> maybe not according to your oh, face. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I really don't like that. <laughs> I really don't like that. <laughs> uh, I've got forty tea bags of it upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. Well, we're on to the last bit of the letter today, and um, this mm-hmm. isn't the last episode in the season. We're going to do. One more episode kind of rounding up the book, aren't we, next time? But um, we are finishing off the letter today. Um, And as ever, there's a lot to cover in this bit of James. Um, And we just wanted to kind of clarify what we're not doing again today as well as what we are doing. Do you want to explain, Felicity? Yes. So as ever, we are not experts. And uh, I think as we've been digging into this passage we have been reminded again that we are definitely not experts and there are some tricky bits in this passage. But what we've been saying to our, to each other is that we don't want those yeah. tricky bits to dominate our discussion and what, what is going on in this passage because there's some really rich, good things 
to dwell on. Not that the tricky bits aren't good, but just that we don't want to get sort of sideswiped by them. And the sort of questions we've been asking ourselves if we've been preparing is, well, why is James finishing his letter like this? How does it relate to what's come before? How does it pick up on any of the patterns that we've been seeing? Um, how does, again, that same question we've been asking, how does it drive to our heart? Like, what is it actually, what, what's the manifestation for us in our lives and what this means? So how is James kind of impacting the way we live it out? Those are our, yeah, kind of ballpark <laughs> questions. We'll see how we get on as we we chat it through. But Sarah, <laughs> why don't you read it for us? We are chapter five, verses seven through to 20. Right, let me read. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring back that person, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Thank you, Sarah. It might be worth drawing the contrast with what has come just before. So last passage we had these two slightly different groups of people because they weren't addressed as brothers and sisters, were they? So so we had the people who um, are making their plans without any reference to God, just kind of thinking that they're in charge. And then we've got the people who are dependent upon their money, these rich people. And, and that mindset and that perspective that we saw in those two groups of people is in contrast to what we have here in verses 7 to 12, I think. So because he starts by saying, be patient then brothers. So brothers, we're back into, he's talking to those Christians, the mm-hmm. church family, until the Lord's coming. So that is an entirely different mindset to what we've just heard about in the passages before. Yeah, definitely. And in the in the bit that we've just seen before this, the Lord's coming was a terrifying thing, wasn't it? Because they were deserving judgment. Well, we're all deserving judgment, that, but the, um, yeah judgment was coming on them for the way that they depressed people um mm. here the lord's coming is a good and right and positive thing to look forward to and i'm assuming there's some connection here between actually if if we've just looked at those who are oppressing the this is relating to those who are oppressed and so yes. in that in their suffering and it, the connection there being 
these might well be the people who have been oppressed by the rich. Be patient, be steadfast in waiting because the Lord is near. He will come um, and you can patiently wait for that. Yeah, and it's definitely a positive thing, isn't it? Because the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and, and the farmer waits for rain with anticipation and mm. anticipation of the fruit that it's going to yield. And so I think there's a longing for the Lord to come back because that is the end of the suffering, isn't it? But in the meantime, be, ta- be patient, stand firm. And then mm. again, that reiteration, because the Lord coming is near, like you can, as you... Um, hear this reality that Jesus is coming back as you trust the words of the Lord that this is true so you are able to wait patiently and anticipate what is to come it doesn't mean it's going to be easy though does it and you think about that illustration of the land yielding its crop like you know that takes that takes a long time that's like that is the essence of patient waiting, isn't it? When it feels like nothing is happening in the ground. I mean, I'm no gardener at all, but I know that I get really impatient when the plants <laughs> don't grow and I'm not waiting for them for food, you know? Um, and I guess that's why he links into the uh, the example of Job, doesn't he? I mean, mm. that's the he is the essence of perseverance and the way that he um, endured so much suffering and yet kept his eyes fixed on the Lord, his Redeemer, because he knew what was going to happen in the end. Yes, absolutely. I love that line where he says, we consider blessed those who mm. have persevered. Like the definition of being blessed is perse- it, it is for those who have persevered, which is, yeah. I think, I hear that and I think, oh man, can I? Like, am I able to persevere? Am I able to be patient? Am I able to stand firm? A bit of that same sort of James thing we've had all the way through. Do you, I don't know whether you think that, the kind of the punch of like, oh, do is this am I <laughs> am I doing that yeah and I think it like this really does ring back to chapter one verse two doesn't it where he's saying persevere like you know consider it joy to persevere in trials because because of what's happening as you do that mm. because of like you know how you're being made more mature and complete and so this it does prompt that question doesn't it but then in that chapter one bit he says if anyone lacks wisdom, ask God, pray, doesn't he? Like that's mm. that's the answer to at how we understand how we can persevere in times of suffering. And then that's where it leads, that's where he goes after this, doesn't he? He then leads into a big last section on on praying. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think it's, it, it is actually quite a good um, almost decider that we're coming to it again at the end of James. So the first chapter of James, like ask for wisdom, like mm. do this thing and ask for wisdom. And you're like, whoa, that just sounds really hard. And hopefully as we've been going through James, we, we're beginning to cultivate this mindset that we know we can't do it on our own. We need to ask God for the wisdom that we see ultimately in Christ. And we kind of fall back on that grace. So hopefully as we read this and we, I think that as I come to the end of James, I want this perspective more. Like I want to wait more patiently. I want to be the one who's looking forward to Jesus' return. And as I want it, I think having come through James, I'm thinking, yeah, actually, I think I will ask God for wisdom on this because Uh I'm more aware (laughs) than ever before that I can't do it on my own. And so that is is good. And I love that then. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Like, ah, what a relief. Again, he is compassionate and merciful. And that but more grace <laughs> comes to mind again and again. 
even though you might not see it on the surface, because there's no doubt that you look at Job's life and you go, well, oh, did it look like the Lord was full of compassion and mercy? Like, you know, mm. there's there's questions there, isn't there? He endured so much. And yet, like he can he can say at the end, he looks back and go, yes. Um, and I guess that's the same for us, isn't it? That as we're patiently persevering through trials and those are big, small and anything in between trials, aren't they? Like as we've kind of discussed yeah. all the way through, it is just life. And um, we, we pray that we would be those people who say at the end, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And with the way we get there, I think, is by continuing to pray. And what he comes on to in verse 13 and 14 is, is pray, like whether you're in trouble, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, in all seasons, for all reasons, pray. Like mm. bring your heart to God and let him shape your perspective. And I think that's the kind of, I don't know, would you say that's the driving force of this last bit of the letter? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I think that's right. Which I th- and I think chapter one convinces me of that all the more because we've been instructed from the very beginning to ask God for wisdom when we're struggling, when we're seeking to persevere. And so mm-hmm. then 13 through to 20, I think the emphasis really is on the prayer. And, and wonderfully, I think we get a really clear picture of God hearing our prayers here. I think you can't, you can't be any doubt that, that God does hear, pray- hear the prayers. That's why we're told to pray. And and not just pray on our own, but pray with others as well. I, I really, mm. that the verse um, 14 and 15, I mean, that is the heart of the tricky bit that we were talking about, isn't it? But but just before we kind of consider what's being said about the healing, but actually the fact that you, he should call elders of the church to pray over him, that together under the authority of the church, with the people of the church, mm-hmm. pray to the God who does hear and loves to give wis- to give wisdom that we might persevere. Yeah, and then in verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. And then right at the end, like if one of you should wander away from the truth and someone brings them back, like it's it's such a kind of community aspect to this, isn't it? Like you're not on your own in in your walk with the Lord. And he's really affirming that at the end of the book, where I think it can feel, do you know, we were saying right at the beginning, like this feels like it's a book that you do need to discuss with someone else because it can feel really hard on our hearts, can't it? And it's been so valuable for us to do this together in community with one another. Mm. And actually he ends on that note of like, the, the Christian walk, like the Christian life is praying together and seeking the Lord together to kind of keep going in that walk together, isn't it? Yes, I, I think that's just, yeah, exactly right. And should we should we just try and uh, navigate verses 14 to 15? Because <laughs> no, <laughs> <it's> just... <laughs> <I don't want laughs> we were saying if you just if you just read verse 15 and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, you're just left thinking, Oh, right. That doesn't seem, that's not, what? That's not my experience. Well, let's, well, let, well, let's unpack that briefly because actually it's not our experience, is it? And it's not. So how do we read a verse like that? We have to read it in context of what the letter has said so far. What has the letter said so far? If we glance back to the last time we were look at all, even the time before, no, last time we were seeing that our life is but a mist. And that context mm. means that, you know, we we don't know whether we're going to be here tomorrow or not and yeah. also he's just spent time saying persevere in suffering so this is not a quick fix click your fingers demand yeah. the lord makes you better and that's going to happen that cannot be how we read that verse would you say that in terms of like how to kind of quash yes 
Absolutely. So I think in that context, we are we are a mist. So we know that we don't know what's happening. We're not God. So we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We And we also know that it's because we does say that we're a mist. It's not all about right here, right now, is it? So and as you yeah. say, we're called to persevere in suffering. So that means that the suffering is not going to is unlikely to disappear just mm-hmm. like that. And I think what's really helpful is the Lord will raise him up, which is the second half of that verse. And we've seen that phrase before and it's been in relation to um, the humble are raised up they are yeah. like while the from a worldly point of view it looks like the rich are the ones who are raised up and are like on the plinth and are just doing really well but actually in your humility in the whatever your circumstances if you're in Christ you are raised up so I think there's no there's no doubt that we can pray to God to help us in our he, to, to heal us Mm-hmm. But actually, there's more to that than just the physical healing. Like ultimately, it's a spiritual healing, isn't it? Like made well. It reminds me of Mark's gospel and the the paralytic on the mat, like that kind of that kind of language. That we're talking about a spiritual wellness as much as a physical wellness. And he does make that connection, doesn't he? He does talk about sin and forgiveness in the same breath. Mm-hmm. Um, which again just needs to be quashed. Like it's not that like physical. Um, illness is always linked to sin but I think it's just raising a question of if if you're struck with physical illness it's always worth asking the question are there sins that I have not repented of and as you do that and as you confess your sin he says you'll be forgiven that is that like mm. the end of verse 15 they will be forgiven like there's that it's grace there and there again isn't it yeah. And I think that is that is the James mindset, isn't it? Because you've got an eternal perspective as you're hearing that. If you hear it only from a worldly point of view, then oh, what? I don't really care about forgiveness of sins if I'm all about here and now. Yeah. But if I'm thinking about eternity, well, forgiveness of sins is way and beyond a better thing than physical healing. Not to set not to diminish physical suffering, because how how awful to to suffer like that. But yeah what a comfort to know that eternally speaking life like life to the full spiritually speaking is is it in good hands yeah and I think that's I'm really aware that we're running out of time already but um and that's where this drives at the end isn't it that actually his priority is for hearts to be wholeheartedly embracing the gospel truth of of the Lord Jesus, isn't it? And so he ends with, well, if, if there's someone who's wandering away from the truth, bring them back because ultimately you'll save them from death and cover over their sins as they as they are forgiven. And I think that's that's his priority the whole way through, isn't it? Like he's he's wanting us to be wholehearted. He does not want us to be double-minded because he sees the danger in it. And yeah, as a community, that that's that's what we're called to do is to is to encourage others to keep going yeah it's it's through sickness through sickness through trials like you encourage one another to keep going through praying don't you and that might be through healing but it might be through like the lord not healing you and encouraging you to grow in perseverance yeah and i think and i think the call to that off the back of james like we know who god is better we know that he our hearts have been exposed we know that we're to ask him for wisdom and to pray and so we're all more the all the more likely to do that now at the end of james i think so I think there's a there's a kind of comfort in that because it can feel like a bit of a punch again. But actually, we know that we can fall back on the grace. We should fall back on the grace that's been revealed all through the letter. And on that note, Sarah, why don't you pray for us as we <laughs> crazily yeah. 
I know. That's how I feel. Oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. That's like, oh, that's like literally only even touched the surface. But okay, let me pray on this now. Father God, thank you so much that we can pray to you. Thank you so much that the prayer of a righteous person, that anyone who trusts in the Lord Jesus is powerful and effective. And we pray tonight, this afternoon, this morning, wherever anyone is listening to this, we pray, please, Lord, would you help us to believe those words and to cherish those words and to pray, to pray when we're in trouble, to pray when we're happy, to pray when we're suffering and to pray for our brothers and sisters who may be wandering away, who may be struggling. Lord, would you help us to pray and would you see that um, wholehearted, would you help us to see that living wholeheartedly for you involves this kind of prayer and this kind of dependence on you. Thank you that we can and thank you that you hear our prayers. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we will add some questions into the show notes, won't we, to hopefully push beyond the whistle stop tour and, and help. I know. I think we'll, just to help us drive it to the heart. That's what we want to do, isn't it? In, yeah. In our questions. So I'm do sorry, check out yeah. the show notes. That's felt like, yeah, it's been too quick today, hasn't it? But um, we will be rounding up the series next week. And so we will kind of come back to this to touch on, um, yeah, how the book finishes in that, won't we? Yes, absolutely. Great. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, nice to see you, Sarah. Uh, Until next time. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's sponsored by tenofthose.com. Check them out for great discounted resources that point to Jesus.